Welcome to the Alpha Dude Podcast with Michael Pulser. What would it be like if you knew that you were unstoppable and you could live life on your terms? Better yet, how good would it feel knowing that on your deathbed, you had fulfilled all your potential and more? Life on Earth has a beginning and an end. It's what you do in the middle that counts. Let's look at how to make that part even better. Amplitude, also known as vocal speech and how you project yourself. Take the scene in Adam Sandler's movie Growing Ups, where the wives were at the beach and that muscular man emerged from the water. As he slowly approached them with obvious confidence, that's the attitude, strong body language, that's the altitude, and likely some skills, that's the aptitude. However, it's hard to judge from the scene. He then opens his mouth. The women explode into laughter as he has this weird, wacky voice and every single positive attribute is taken away from this poor guy. While this movie and scene are intended as comedy, this reflects how important speech is. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. Although this is quoted way too much in the literature, just think, if I tell you that you have an amazingly big deficit, whatever it is. You could either respond as taking it as an offense or taking it as a joke. The outcomes of this depends on the dynamics of our relationship, the way I say it and the way you perceive it. So there is so much to do with both the content that you say and how you say it. Now, let's play around with every aspect of your speaking. Apart from tonality and volume, there are plenty of others such as shortening or drawing out words, types of words used, speed, pitch, inflections, breathing, and more. By monitoring all of these, you are able to bring across any message with a major punch. Put yourself in different states, playful, powerful, whatever it is, and then try to adjust different parts of your speech to suit. Inflections and tonality. At the end of the sentences, an upward inflection, or more soprano, represents a question, and a downward one, which is more baritone, is more like a command. And we talked about this earlier. So you could have the same sentence, such as, can you pass the pen? But if you have the upward inflection, can you pass the pen? Or the downward inflection, Can you pass the pen? It's basically communicating something completely different, either asking or commanding. And it's simple as just changing the way that you say it, not changing the words. Regarding the words that you use, complimenting is one of the most powerful things that you can do. Think about the best memories you've had. Often people describe these amazing compliments that they've had. And one powerful way that you can enhance other people's lives is by doing what we call a third person compliment. And that's when you compliment somebody else to somebody else. So you're not complimenting the person directly. And when it feeds back to that person, they feel amazing about themselves. The synergistic impact is that they will love you for it. And although we're not doing it to be manipulative, it's simply a fact. Make sure that when you compliment others, it's about an action that the person did rather than the person themselves. So if you say to somebody that you did a great job 
at the barbecue versus you are great. Obviously, mentioning the task gives a reason, positive reinforcement about the behavior, and the person is not left to read into the statement that you gave them. Once you compliment the behavior, you can then go on to praise the other person's character if this type of positive behavior is typical for them. This should be done very rarely, and when given, it will be remembered. So don't be in a hurry to remind them too much again, or it'll probably be seen as being insincere. You may notice that when you really come from that position of love and understanding, the dude aspect, you can notice when other people are doing things in a special way. Maybe it's creatively or altruistically. In any case, being more receptive to picking up on these elements makes it so that you are able to really appreciate the other person more, which then adds a new richness to the interactions. This added value is where it becomes easy to compliment people. Unless you are Mother Teresa, this is not your staple interaction, but this is a special one. Finally, remember what I said about third-person compliments. You can compliment people on a third-person perspective much more frequently than you would compliment others directly. And if you can imagine, it's like sending out cards constantly and you never know when people are going to open up the card. And it's kind of amazing because over time, people just start to treat you better. Your life changes. Suddenly, people are like, this guy is positive. This guy is making a difference. This guy makes me feel happy and good about myself. And it comes out of nowhere because they might not hear about this compliment for days, weeks, months, or even years later. But you can bet that once somebody hears that somebody else likes them or has complimented them on something, it changes the way that they think about that person. So the next part is about emotions and giving emotions to your actual words. So just an example, when you say giant, try and make it a little bit longer than most words. Uh, same for when you say words like small, just make it a little bit shorter. Try this for different words. This is kind of a dodgy exercise and it takes a bit of time and it makes you feel silly. The changes you make here though will be substantial. Pay attention to your favorite speakers or public figures. Notice how they speak. Contrast it to the boring colleague at work. Now you can see the difference. Really make an effort and check how emotions play into our language. Voice recorders for this are optional. Always focus on the actions in your words. Inciting a story about being overtaken, I might say that the driver in the other lane flew past me almost smashing into the oncoming car. Well, you could contrast that to the driver flew past me almost smashing into the oncoming car. Now with each word said, if you can enhance just one or two of the adjectives, which are the descripting words, then it'll just make it sound so much better. And one more point, with every single word you say, and this is going to take a bit of practice, but if you can enhance the vowels, like singers do, A-E-I-O-U, avoid the monotone voices, and at least appear interested 
in what you are saying. Otherwise, others definitely won't be. If you talk about what an amazing weekend you had in a flat voice, people will not suddenly flock to hear your story. Neither will they if you're insincere and go over the top. In this situation, you must make every effort you can to come across both sincere and interested. The NLP presuppositions is here to that the purpose of communication is the outcome that you get. So, why talk about your weekend? I mean, if you can't think of a good reason, then don't mention it. If you, if you can't think of a good reason to go out and chat with the people, then don't get out of your warm bed. Seriously though, once you've decided on your outcome, then go for it. Many evaluations take place in your head all the time and you can alter things to suit your audience, but you're not going to change everything for your audience. If they are unreceptive, check out your style later for faults. But while you're there, just follow your plan of keeping your stuff together, getting the best presentation possible and go out there and have fun. Another point, and I really like this one, this is emphasizing parts of a sentence which can imply a completely different meaning in the same set of words. Now, straighted by giving an example. So, the sentence, I did not punch the man. Stick with me. I did not punch the man. I emphasized the first word, and that meant that maybe perhaps someone else did. Now, each time I say it, I'm going to emphasize another part. I did not punch the man. Maybe that's a Freudian slip. Maybe you did. I did not punch the man. That sounds a little bit defensive. I did not punch that man. Well, perhaps you kicked him then. I did not punch that man, but perhaps you punched someone else. I did not punch that man. This infers some degree of anger. And finally, I did not punch that man. Emphasizing each word shows that the individual is trying to make a clear point and selectively choose his words. Very frequently, they may have studied communication in detail. This may be a sign that it is rehearsed, and if it is rehearsed, it could either be extremely important or a lie, or both. Consider this statement by a former president and former almost first man. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Hmm. It is obvious to see how all of this can impact how you perceive communications from others, but the real power comes from using this process internally. I don't think that affirmations work, but there may be something in emotional mantras that may change the way we think about ourselves. Consider the mantra of Muhammad Ali, I am the greatest. Now, emphasize each word individually. I am the greatest. I am the greatest. I am the greatest. I am the greatest. And then put it all together. I am the greatest. Or make a powerful change on the individual at an emotional level. But let's not leave it there. Let's, let's amp it up even more to supercharge this further. Add in one word at the start of the mantra. Why? And switch the syntax from I am to am I. So instead of saying, I am the greatest, say, why am I the greatest? 
Why am I the greatest? Why am I the greatest? Why am I the greatest? Why am I the greatest? Why am I the greatest? And put it all together. You get the idea. Then we have unconscious integration. And this ensures longer lasting changes to something that was designed to simply get you through the moment. Next, we're going to look at taking into account who your audience is. Now, suppose you're going to the garage to get your car fixed and you're speaking to your mechanic. Consider the difference. If you say on one hand, can you fix this? Or on the other hand, you use some appropriate nomenclature or slang, which one will get you further? Well, it kind of depends. If you say that you have no idea about cars and you can, can you just fix it? It, it shows that they know that you have no idea about what you're doing in that world. And potentially you could be more open to being ripped off. But by using just a little bit of the right language, suddenly the mechanic realizes that he can't run something right over you. He, he knows that you have at least some insight into things. So you're less likely to get ripped off. Just don't take this too far. Remember, professionals can always smell BS. So what about smiling? Many gurus adv advise to smile before you talk. Now this may be a great way to express friendliness, but as an alpha dude, you must remember, you come from a position of power. Someone with power does not smile before talking all the time. Smiles come from a genuine response or feeling. Powerful people talk concisely, slowly, and make themselves unaware of any discomfort that this causes the other person within reason. When I discovered this, I called up a business to place an order just like anyone does. Done this millions of times before, and from past training and books on neurolinguistic programming, I thought it was best to match the other person on the phone, their energy, all of this stuff. But for a change, I thought that on this conversation, if I come from a position of power, I'll see what happens. Because I was thinking, if the other person on the phone, they're coming from a position of helping others, of supplication in many ways. To copy this implies unconsciously that you're actually seeking their approval. This means further that you'll probably lose some status and respect. And although this is not what life is all about, it is a massive thing as we try to move forward and live the best lives we can. So trying this new approach, I spoke slowly and with intent. The salesperson reacted 100% different, with way more courtesy, and I just got the best service possible. And from then on, things just started to change. Now, when I was doing it, I absolutely felt the pressure to hurry up. I felt like I needed to conform. But then when I just thought to myself, enough already. As I got serviced, everything got rewarded for being more bolder. And I advise that you try this absolutely with an interaction that doesn't count so much so that you, then you can adjust it as you need to. Now, this is a large underlying theme behind the alpha dude. This is in feeling great, feeling respected, understanding that it is possible for someone who has been passive all their lives and read all those self-help books to become really respected, 
as a real option. To love yourself and to be true to yourself and expect others to treat you well because you're coming from a position of love or from the dude perspective is one thing. However, you may notice in the real world it doesn't really work. To talk with some degree of authority and power means respect follows. This concept escapes most people, including myself formerly. I was always from the belief that being loud enough was simply a sign that a person was not smart enough to get his needs met through smarter communication. Little did I realize though that the volume and the vocal qualities were super important. This is despite reading the, the common 70% body language, 20% vocal qualities, and 10% of what's said. These approximations are quoted in almost every self-help book around. The, the funny thing is that the authors often don't seem to take this into account as you can see in their interviews. Seldom is a powerful authoritative voice used without being over the top. Instead, people often quote quirky facts like the percent rule and then pay no attention to actually applying it. The day that we can drop value judgments, the day that we can actually take these things on and apply them is when we break free. The eventual realization that many natural born leaders display these quality traits make it obvious that they're universally accepted. Then after someone tries them on for himself, he can realize that these traits are not that alien. They're only different when perceived from your former traits in the past. The only exception is those with baggage who haven't had it cleaned out before. I look at all self-improvement more like self-amplification in that whatever you are all about gets amplified. If you're a cool guy who cares about others, you will become more charismatic. If you're self-centered and use these tools, then it will amplify who you are and you become more obnoxious. Generally, men who speak with deeper voices are seem to be more authoritative than those with high-pitched voices. Specific ways to deepen your voice includes putting your chin down slightly towards your chest while talking, rehearsing with a recording device, and even baritone singing. If speaking with tone is not the issue, then perhaps projection is. This is a very serious issue that affects many people, and it's been a big hurdle for so many trying to access that next level. I mean, to be at a party with everything that's going on and then not being heard, it's an absolute killer. Obviously, all the steps that we talk about are synergistic, but by having the right altitude and the attitude together, it impacts so well. Specifically though, speaking and breathing exercises can help with this. So I'm just gonna wrap up with one breathing exercise that will help you with this. And this is simply humming. And when you hum, if you can try and project the hum so it comes out 50% through your nose and 50% through your mouth, then you've got the right projection. So some people hum and it's very much from the mouth like this, mm -hmm, 
and other people hum and it comes through the nose. But if you can get them together, the next words that come out of your voice are usually a lot more clear. And if you listen carefully, probably my voice sounded a little bit better straight after humming than as you're listening to it right now. There are so many more exercises that we'll go about later. But just before I wrap up, I just want to revisit smiling one more time. And what I told you was the basic advice that I give everyone regarding their AlphaDude system. However, it is always about the underlying theme of being both powerful and respected while being loving and caring at the same time. So if you feel like smiling is super important to you and you'd like to communicate that more frequently, just make sure that you balance it with the other aspects, with your attitude, with your body language, your your altitude and the other aspects. So you can mix and match this. These are just general advices. The best thing about this system is that once you really internalize the principles, then you can change it to fit yourself. Just keep the principles the same. In this episode, we examined how to master your voice to command respect while being charismatic at the same time. This is an important part of the matrix, which many systems fail to give the attention that it deserves. But when you do, it pays massive dividends. With this in mind, please pay particular attention to the verbal delivery of our next guest, Dennis Sumlin, who is a confidence coach. More importantly though, he has worked extremely hard at his craft in mastering his voice and delivery, earning him prestige and recognition with the international speaking organization Toastmasters. Hey everybody, my name is Dennis R. Sumlin and I am very happy to have this opportunity to come and speak to you about a very important topic. So today we're going to be talking about Core self-confidence, how to build manly core self-confidence. What's all that about, right? So we're going to get into that. Uh, But first, just a little bit about where I'm coming from. Um, Like I said, my name is Dennis R. Sumlin. I am based here in New York City, and I run a company called The Core Confidence Life, name of the company and the podcast to go with it. The Core Confidence Life is a coaching and education service that helps you enhance your communication abilities, both with others and yourself. So not only do we help you uh, get better with the public, as in public speaking skills and presentations and so forth, but we also uh, help you get better with confronting yourself, communicating with yourself. Being able to approach the world in a healthy, productive mindset, because that's the key. Uh, The mindset that you approach the world with um, directly influences how you deal with other people. And so that's what we're here to talk about today is how to build that core self-confidence as a man so you can go out there and manifest all good things, right? Well, my personal background 
is I am a certified coach specializing in communication and men's personal development. And I'll say a little bit more about uh, my story as this unfolds. So taking a look at confidence, we're going to look at a couple of areas. What is confidence and how do you as a man gain and maintain that confidence? All right. So let's launch right in it. There are many definitions of the word confidence, but the one we're working with today is confidence, the belief in yourself to do a particular thing. And there's three kinds of confidence, which we'll talk about. But where does the lack of confidence come from? How is it that uh, many people are out there in a situation where they don't feel confident in themselves? Well, lack of confidence comes from various different uh, areas. One of the most common areas of lack of confidence developing is in your childhood. Maybe if you went through some kind of verbal abuse by your parents or caretakers, or maybe the kids left you out of something. Maybe as a teenager, you weren't accepted by the homeboys. You didn't have a lot of luck with the opposite sex. You looked weird, so people bullied you, or whatever the case may be. A lot of times, that is one of the uh, core originators of a lack of confidence. Um, other areas could include, you know, once again, lack of success with sex or romantic partners, uh, things having to do with work or career performance, uh, body image issues. Um, all these things can precipitate a lack of a belief in yourself or your abilities. So how do you know? How do you know that you are lacking confidence? What does that look like? Here's a few telltale signs that you're locked in low confidence and, and some of these signs were present in me as well. So believe me, I know. Gets depressed easily. So if you find yourself getting kind of triggered and depressed easily, sinking into a low mood or hibernating really easily, um, that could be a cause of uh, low confidence. Self-deprecation. Always putting yourself down, always kind of trying to crack in jokes against yourself, kind of coming off like it's supposed to be funny, but, you know, you're really self-deprecating. Having a hard time taking compliments. Yep, that's me. Hey, I recognize that. Um, when someone gives you a compliment, you kind of reject it out of hand. What do you mean? How do you see that? Uh, are you sure that's, you know, just kind of second-guessing somebody's compliments uh, for you. Blaming other people. Yes, blaming other people for the situations that you're in, kind of shifting the responsibility for the things you do onto other people as if they can cause something to happen. So those are just some of the signs, and there's a lot more, of someone with kind of low confidence, lack of belief in themselves. And as you will see, people with higher confidence do, does the opposite of the list I just rattled off there. So there are three kinds of of confidence that are, are commonly spoken about. Right? And I had a lot of one and not much of the other two. So let's, let's do it. The first kind of confidence is situational confidence. And that's the one that's uh, seen most common. All right. It's very common to have situational confidence. Situational confidence is your belief that you can do a particular act. So if you are a dancer, you may be confident in you dancing. You may be a mechanic. You may be a football player. 
uh, you know, baseball, basketball, public speaking, any one thing that you are confident in doing is situational confidence. Okay. Um, the second one is it's confidence, but it's more leaning towards the cousin of it. It's self-esteem. Self-esteem is basically whether you like yourself, holding yourself in high esteem. Do you like yourself? Do you think you deserve good things? Do you feel that you're a good person in general? You know, self-esteem. That's a form of confidence, whether you like yourself. And the third form of confidence, which is what my podcasting company is named after, is core confidence. That's right. It's the core confidence life, right? Core confidence is the belief in yourself as a person, intrinsically as a person. Belief in yourself as a being. And that transcends situational confidence. So let's look for some of these booby traps. Um, Here's one that I was in uh, that people would notice. Situational confidence can look to others like core confidence. So someone may catch you on the basketball court or giving a speech or doing whatever, right? And think that, damn, you do that good. You you confident. Um, damn, you really know your crap. Really, it's just situational confidence. Meanwhile, you feel like crap off stage. Meanwhile, you're depressed off the basketball court. But that's the one area you're confident in. So other people get the impression that you're a confident person. So remember that uh, situational confidence can mistake itself for core confidence. Also, number two, core confidence does not have to come along with situational confidence. And so this is what we're trying to build. We're trying to build core confidence, belief in yourself as a person. And the reason why core confidence comes, uh, can come without situational confidence is because if you feel good about yourself, if you're confident in yourself as a person, you already have the belief that you're able to learn what you need to to perform and act. So, for example, if I wanted to be a public speaker and I'm core confident in myself, but I don't know how to speak, that doesn't stop me. I believe in my intrinsic capacity to learn. I believe in my intrinsic capacity to achieve the goals I set my mind to. So, therefore, something I don't know doesn't deter me. It's not an obstacle. Because I have core confidence in who I am as a person. So even though I don't know how to public speak, I can learn it. Even though I don't know Spanish, I can learn it. Even though I don't know uh, physics, I can learn it. Even though I've been rejected by that woman, the next one may be different. You see, core confidence. Even though I didn't get that job, the next job I apply for might be different. You have a belief in yourself as a person, your ability to learn, your ability to persevere, your ability to think positive about a situation, your ability to bounce back from setbacks because you are core confident in who you are. And that's really uh, what my goal is when I work with uh, people is to develop that intrinsic belief in themselves, your core confidence. So. Now, the question is, as we get to it, how 
do you build that manly core self-confidence? How do you do it? How do you be a big, tall man and build all that muscle, all that mental muscle? How do you build it? Here's how to do it. There's two levels. The first level is the inner game. That's right. Communicating with yourself, the inner game. So in order to build self-confidence, we have to question what's already in our heads. So think about for a minute as an exercise, you know, take out a piece of paper or something like that, you know, document it somewhere, you know, write down all the things that are good about you, your talents, your qualities, your positive abilities, all of those things as an exercise. Just just write a few of them down. In fact, think of two of them right now, two or three of them right now. What's your two or three talents or qualities that come to your mind right now? All right. Keep those in mind. So remember that. And also question your doubts. Whenever you are doing something or you want to do something and you have doubts or um, negative self attitudes come up, question those. Because you see, those negative attitudes are coming up and questioning your abilities. So in turn, you question them back. When you um, want to do something or you want to approach a, pot- a potential love interest or anything like that, and you have a, a thing in your mind going, mm, I don't know if she's going to like me or I don't make enough this or I don't, I'm not six foot five. Question those doubts. Who says she won't like you? So question that. Also, Number two, stop comparing yourself to other people. Don't look at the next dude and be worried about how much money he's making. Worry about what his uh, uh, chick looks like. Worry about any of that kind of stuff. Stop comparing yourself to other people because it's nonproductive. And it actually it ends up being fake news because you don't know what their struggles are behind what you see. You know, you look on social media or even you look at the, the dude down the block. You don't know what the whole story is. Don't compare yourself to others. Their experience is different than yours. Their life path is different than yours. Focus on yourself. Focus on what you're doing to move forward, not what the next dude is doing. All right. Now, here's the uh, uh, one of the most important parts about the inner game of building confidence. A strong, confident man has A vision. A vision. Take some time to think out about your vision. What is your vision for yourself? What is your vision for your family? Your children, if you have any. What is your vision for life? A strong, confident man knows himself. So what's your vision A strong, confident man is conscious of his pluses and minuses without judging himself. All right. So practice getting to know yourself again. Write down those qualities. Question your negative assumptions and think about your vision as a man. And the second stage. The most important thing that you can do to build and maintain a core manly self-confidence is to go out there and take action because the inner game is very important. As we just discussed, it's all about your mindset and how you enter the world. Um, But taking action is what solidifies all that inner game. 
taking action, going out there and actually entering the world and having an influence on it, taking action. So go out there and take up a new skill, take up a new hobby, take that course you've been wanting to take. If you don't know how to public speak, sign up with Core Confidence Life or Toastmasters or anything else to improve your public speaking. If you don't know how to play basketball, go out and take a a, a hoop course. I just made that word up. Hoop course. Right. So take action. Also set goals, set bite size, achievable goals, you know, small ones. You have to set small goals in order to build towards the larger goal anyway. So go ahead and set yourself a small goal as another exercise. What is something you want to complete this week? You know, set that as your goal, as your intention for the week and achieve it. The more you achieve small goals, the bigger your confidence will be because you'll have evidence to back it up. Confidence is about action. You've got to uh, think positive and back it up with action. Also, uh, confident dudes aren't afraid of setbacks. So go out there and you know what? Purposely embrace rejection. Embrace it. Because the only way you're going to be confident in yourself as a person is if you're able to take the hits. So go out there and face rejection, you know, face rejection by the chick that you feel a little afraid to talk to, you know, face rejection uh, by applying for jobs. And, you know, when you get when you get rejected, if you get rejected, move on. Confident men know how to take rejection and bounce back. All right. So also stop being a people pleaser. Here's an action that you need to cease. Stop being a people pleaser. Core confident men don't spend their time trying to please other people because when you're pleasing other people, you're actually trying to control them. It's actually a passive aggressive thing. You're trying to subliminally control them by trying to please them, trying to control their perspective on you. By pleasing people, you're trying to control their perspective on you at the same time as you're being needy for their approval. So, Um, To increase your confidence, decrease your people pleasing. Remember, core confident people, core confident men take care of themselves. Right. And so the goal is for you to take care of yourself first, because when you take care of yourself, you are in an excellent position to take care of your your friends and your family and achieve goals for your future. So remember, the. Building core confidence is the inner game, setting your mindset, questioning your own doubts, and really gaining a vision for yourself and for your life as a man. The next stage has to be taking action. Go out there and learn a new skill, develop a new hobby, challenge yourself, get rejected, you know, um, get challenged by your other male friends in a friendly way, have friendly competition, get beat. By your friends sometimes. Have your viewpoints challenged. Confidence happens through the rough and tumble, not through the, uh, the hammock of your comfort zone. So if you want to know more about confidence, get your confidence up. You know, I'll be happy to work with you. So visit my website, coreconfidencelife.com for more details on the services that we offer, whether you want to learn how to speak to the public 
or really get yourself in the mindset to go out there and take that field. You know, so if you're feeling in low confidence and anxiety around, you know, relationships, around sex and sexuality, around communication, that's what we handle here at the Core Confidence Life. Also, the podcast Core Confidence Life. You can find that on all your major outlets of podcasts. I've enjoyed being uh, the presenter of How to Build Core Confidence with you. It has been my pleasure and privilege to be with you in this little short talk. Dennis at coreconfidencelife.com, coreconfidencelife.com. Master your inner game and take the field. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. If so, rate it from the place you downloaded it. For any questions, send an email to michaelpulser at gmail.com. If you liked the podcast so far, you will love Michael Pulser's new book coming out soon, Alpha Dude Personal Upgrade. In this text, we look deeper at the Alpha Dude system with many not-seen-before tools and techniques which will upgrade you so you can fulfill your potential. Stay tuned for details.